0: This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists.
1: Good morning, in today's headlines, the suspense is over. Joe Burrow failed to be the kryptonite to the Superman of Patrick Mahomes, and the Philadelphia Eagles thrashed the San Francisco 49ers. The stage for Super Bowl 57 is set.
2: Former President Trump is back on the campaign trail for the first time since announcing his 2024 run for president. We have highlights from Saturday's events in New Hampshire and South Carolina. A 25% increase in emergency medical cases related to myocarditis. That's according to an MIT professor and drug safety analytics expert. He's calling for the immediate suspension of all COVID mRNA vaccines.
1: And Novak Djokovic secures a historic 10th win at the Australian Open. It's a major comeback for the Serbian, who was deported in last year's event for refusing to take the COVID vaccine.
2: Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan.
1: Good morning, I'm Evelyn Lee. Today is Monday, January 30th. And for all the football fans out there, the teams for Super Bowl 57 are set. The Kansas City Chiefs will face off against the Philadelphia Eagles for the title in Glendale, Arizona on February 12th. Patrick Mahomes finally got the best of Joe Burrow all he needed was a little shove. Cincinnati's Joseph Asai was flagged for a 15-yard penalty for shoving Mahomes after he was out of bounds. Harrisy Butker then kicked a 45-yard field goal with three seconds left. And the Chiefs beat the Bengals 23-20 to make it back to the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, the Eagles clobbered the Niners 31-7 in the the NFC title game earlier Sunday. They've looked dominant in the playoffs so far, also beating the New York Giants 38-7 in the divisional round. There are no shortages of storylines in the matchup. Kansas City coach Andy Reid goes against his old team, which he led to Super Bowl thirty-nine. On top of that, there is a brother-against-brother showdown between Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey and Philadelphia center Jason Kelsey.
2: Former President Trump visited New Hampshire and South Carolina on Saturday. The campaign events in the early voting states were his first since announcing he would run for president in 2024. And today's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the weekend
0: events.
3: President Donald
0: J. Trump. Former President Trump made an appearance in Salem, New Hampshire, to speak at the GOP's annual winter meeting.
4: These are radical left people. I think in many cases they're Marxists and communists. And I used to say that Seldom. Now I say it all the time because they are. You look at what they're doing to our country and we're going to turn New Hampshire red on November 5th, 2024. I hope-
0: Trump announced Stephen Stepanek will be a senior advisor for his campaign in the Granite State. Stepanek is the outgoing chairman of the New Hampshire Republican Party. Trump shrugged off suggestions that he's had a slow start in his campaign, saying he's got two years and is more committed now than ever.
4: To save America, we need a leader who is prepared to take on the forces laying waste to our country. And we need a president who is ready to hit the ground running on day one. And I hear, boy, am I hitting the ground.
5: Make no mistake, South Carolina is Trump country.
0: Trump headed to South Carolina Saturday afternoon to a rally at the state capitol.
4: We're going to defeat the cult of gender ideology and reaffirm that God created two genders called men and women. WE'RE NOT GOING TO ALLOW MEN TO PLAY IN WOMEN'S SPORTS, AND BY SO DOING, YOU KNOW WHAT HAPPENS. WE'RE GOING TO SAVE THE DIGNITY OF WOMEN AND WE'RE GOING TO SAVE WOMEN'S SPORTS ITSELF. IT'S RIDICULOUS. IT'S RIDICULOUS. WE'RE GOING TO BUST UP THE CENSORSHIP REGIME AND BRING BACK FREE SPEECH AGAIN.
0: TRUMP DECRIED THE BIDEN ADMINISTRATION FOR ITS POLICIES ON THE BORDER, ENERGY, THE ECONOMY, AND THE WAR IN UKRAINE. He compared the last two years to April Fool's Day.
4: We need a fighter who can stand up to the left, who can stand up to the swamp, stand up to the media, stand up to the deep state. Am I allowed to say stand up to the rhinos too? I think we can say that. I think we can say that. Stand up to the globalists and China and stand up for America. Trump
0: unveiled his South Carolina leadership team. It includes South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster and Senator Lindsey Graham. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
1: President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy are scheduled to discuss the debt limit on Wednesday. A White House spokesperson says Biden will ask McCarthy if he, quote, intends to meet his constitutional obligation to prevent a national default. Two dozen Senate Republicans, including several freshmen, said in a letter to President Biden that they won't back a debt ceiling increase without at least equal spending reductions imposed. Earlier this month, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the two men would meet on a range of topics and insisted raising the debt limit was quote, not negotiable. She said that President Biden considers that an obligation to avoid economic chaos.
2: The safety of some COVID vaccinations is being called into question. An eminent MIT professor and expert on drug safety analytics is calling for the immediate suspension of all COVID mRNA vaccines. He said, quote, they should stop because they cause an unprecedented level of harm, including the death of young people and children. Here's
5: Professor Retsev-Levy. They should stop because they completely failed to fulfill any of their advertised promise regarding efficacy. And more importantly, they should stop because of the mounting and indisputable evidence that they cause unprecedented level of harm, including the death of young people and children. I personally became concerned with the vaccine safety around middle of 2021, when it became known that the mRNA vaccines cause myocarditis and inflammation of the heart. By now, I believe that the cumulative evidence is conclusive and confirms our concern that the mRNA vaccines indeed cause sudden cardiac arrest as a sequel of vaccine-induced myocarditis.
2: Levy has over 30 years of experience as a practitioner and an academic in using data analytics to assess and manage risk. Levy and his team analyzed the National Emergency Medical Services data in Israel. He was afraid that the existing vaccine safety surveillance system wouldn't detect myocarditis issues due to the difficulty of diagnosis. They discovered a 25% increase of myocarditis-related cases in the age groups 16 to 39 in the first half of 2021. The CDC says that adverse events from the vaccines are rare but can cause long-term health problems. It says they usually happen within six weeks of getting a vaccine.
1: Levy's team also found a correlation time-wise between the number of Pfizer vaccine doses and the number of EMS calls with a cardiac arrest diagnosis.
2: And in addition, there was not a statistically significant correlation with the number of COVID-19 infections over that time period. A drone attack blasted an Iranian military factory on Saturday. The factory is near the central Iranian city of Isfahan. The Iranian Defense Ministry offered no information on the origin of the attack, and no one was injured in the blast, which occurred on Saturday. Tehran has been targeted in suspected Israeli drone strikes following the collapse of its nuclear deal with world powers. Meanwhile, tensions also remain high with neighboring Azerbaijan. That follows a gunman's attack on the country's embassy in Tehran, killing its security chief and wounding two others. The same night as the drone strike, a refinery fire broke out in the country's northwest and a 5.9 magnitude earthquake struck nearby, killing three people. Saturday's attack was followed by the arrival of U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in the Middle East on Sunday. Blinken is on a three-day visit. High on the agenda is the ongoing conflict between Israelis and Palestinians, as well as with Iran, and as well as the war in Ukraine. Blinken arrives in Jerusalem today after departing from Cairo, where he will meet with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu.
1: Turkey's President Tayyip Erdogan says his country may have a message for Finland that could shock Sweden. He didn't elaborate, but it's widely understood to be about the Nordic countries' bids to join NATO. Finland and Sweden have said they plan to join the alliance simultaneously. Erdogan says Finland might get a different message, but only if it doesn't make the same mistake as Sweden. Turkey is accusing Sweden of being too lenient toward groups it deems terrorist organizations or existential threats. That includes Kurdish groups. Turkey has given Sweden a list of 120 people it wants extradited. NATO requires unanimous approval of its existing members to add new ones. Erdogan's government says it will only agree to admit Sweden if the country meets its conditions.
2: Retired Army General Peter Pavel defeated populist billionaire Andrei Babiš to become the new Czech president. The runoff vote was held on Saturday, and today's Daniel Monaghan brings us more.
5: General Petr Pavel won about 58% of the vote compared with 42% for Babish. Pavel served as chairman of NATO's military committee, the alliance's highest military body from 2015 to 2018. Before that, he was chief of the general staff of the Czech Armed Forces from 2012
0: to 2015. I don't see a winning or losing electorate in this country. I see values have won in this choice. Values like truth, dignity, respect and humility have won.
5: Pavel says these values are shared by the vast majority of people and that returning to them will greatly help improve the quality of life in the country. He has endorsed the Czech Republic's military and humanitarian support for Ukraine and its fight against Russia. He envisions the country's future linked to membership in the European Union and NATO. Pavel has been criticized for joining the Communist Party of Czechoslovakia in his 20s. He has repeatedly called his membership in the party a mistake. It's the second major defeat for Babish, who is a former prime minister. I
0: decided to go into politics and dedicated 10 years of my life to it.
5: His political party, Anno, ended up in opposition after losing the 2021 general election. He is currently under investigation by French authorities for suspicion of money laundering and tax evasion. Babis joined the Communist Party of Czechoslovakia in 1980. He was an agent for the STB in the 1980s, which is the Czechoslovak secret state security service. The runoff election became necessary after Pavel defeated Babish by just half a percent in the first round, with Danusha Nerudova coming in third. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
1: And now let's pause for a moment with a message from our sponsor, Birch Gold Group.
2: The U.S. just went through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling. That means to pay off this debt, every taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000.
1: And that's a lot of money. Birch Gold Group sees this as a great time to protect your savings by diversifying into gold with Birch Gold Group. They can help convert your IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals.
2: Just text the word NTD to 989898 to claim your free info kit to learn more. There's no obligation to make this request.
1: And with a, with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers and countless five-star reviews Birch Gold can help you.
2: And coming up, Atlanta police rescued a man from a railroad track just seconds before collision. The man led police on a chase after stealing a patrol car. We have video footage. And Novak Djokovic secures a historic 10th win at the Australian Open. It's a major comeback for the Serbian who was deported in last year's event for refusing to take the COVID vaccine. Stay with us for more details.
1: Welcome back. We're continuing the program with some dramatic scenes. Over in Atlanta, a driver stole a police car while an officer was conducting a traffic stop. The incident happened around 2 a.m. Eastern Time on Saturday. Body cam footage from the officer shows the man taking off in the police car, leading police on a high-speed chase. The entire incident was filmed on an aerial camera from a police helicopter. Atlanta Police Department's air unit followed the stolen vehicle to nearby railroad tracks. But the driver lost control of the patrol car. The vehicle then flipped over on the tracks. Officers managed to rescue the driver just seconds before a train crashed into the overturned police car. The man was later identified as McCall Parker. Atlanta police said Parker was charged with theft reckless driving, obstruction, and damage to city property. He was afterwards transported to Fulton County Jail.
2: The man that disarmed the Monterey Park shooter was honored in California over the weekend. He was given a Medal of Courage for his life-saving action. Brandon Say was awarded the medal by the City of Alhambra. The 26-year-old bystander was working at the second location the gunman visited. Say says the gunman entered the dance studio and pointed a gun at him. He wrestled it away. Once he took the gun away, he pointed it at the man and told him to leave. The shooter killed 11 people and injured 10 others earlier that night. Here's what the young man had to say
5: yesterday. I feel that we as a community should spend our precious time reaching out to one another most of the victims I knew personally. They would always come by the dance studio and I considered them friends. They were some of the most caring people I have ever met. And for them to be taken from us is such an excruciating experience. The start of the new year has been extremely difficult, but we have the rest of the year to spread compassion and build back our community
2: the local sheriff originally said two members of the community had disarmed the gunman. Surveillance footage showed that Say was alone when it happened. The, alter- the altercation lasted around 40 seconds. The sheriff has since corrected himself. He says Say is a brave hero that saved lives.
1: Moving on to a different topic now. Over the weekend, Shen Yun Performing Arts held three performances at the Arnoff Center for the Arts in Cincinnati, Ohio and audiences were overwhelmed by the beauty of the performance and the spirituality of traditional Chinese culture.
6: Wonderful, just very, very overwhelming and emotional. Everything was beautiful. The artistic ability is just beyond. I mean, whoever the choreographers are, they are wonderful. But the dancers, you know, they have something to work with and they just elevate them.
4: Well, it was overwhelmingly beautiful. I mean, the athleticism and the precision of the of the artists are
1: absolutely amazing. And the storyline is really beautiful as well. Using
2: the traditional bell canto technique, the singing of the Shenyun vocal soloists stirred the audience's emotions.
1: The uh, soloists, the vocal soloists and the instrumental was amazing. You could feel the emotion of what was being said, even if uh, you couldn't understand the language, which was beautiful.
3: Shen Yun's
2: mission is to revive China's divinely inspired culture through classical Chinese dance.
6: The theory behind it when they call the creator, the creator to me is God, and it's just brought people, I mean, it was just a hush in the audience, you know, when you know what it's about. And if you get that belief and you have that belief, it's just wonderful. And if you don't have it, you're going to get
4: it. Well, it's just great to know that there are people of faith on another side of the world where we think everyone... Uh, does not have faith, and does not appreciate something more than the government, right? So I think that was extra special, because we have a strong faith, and it's great to see another culture that also has
2: a strong faith. Shen Yun brought to light the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners by the communist regime in modern China. Falun Gong, also known as Falun Dafa, is a spiritual meditation practice in the Buddhist tradition, with the focus on the tenets of truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance.
1: We have a, a real heart for uh, freedom, and uh, you know, and the, and the, the thought
6: of persecution uh, in this great world of ours is uh, very disturbing. I'm sorry that things have happened as they have, but I'm glad you have the expression here to show what's going on and express it so beautifully.
2: Shen Yun will be performing three shows in Cleveland next week. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News, Cincinnati. Novak Djokovic claimed a record-extending tenth title at the Australian Open final on Sunday. Djokovic was banned from last year's Australian Open for not being vaccinated.
5: I think there's there's still a lot of that fire inside of me that is burning uh, of passion for the sport and for competition, and I think that's that's what allows me to to still push myself to the limit. I know that there is always a greater goal uh, and and a guiding star, so to say, and. This trophy is is one of those guiding stars, is something that I always strive to, to achieve. Kudos to the master, the master of masters. I think that he is competing with himself and that he has set some goals for himself. Not in terms of breaking other people's records, but in terms of breaking his own records. I'm coming back the next year. Yeah. Uh right away. I mean I I I think results speak enough for for themselves, you know, how I feel in Australia, how well I have been playing here over the the last 15 years. Djokovic defeated Stefano Tsitsipas
2: in three straight sets at Rod Laver Arena to reclaim the world number one ranking. He finished off the final tiebreaker with a thumping forehand to end the match. He secured a victory despite a hamstring issue that hindered him throughout the tournament. It was the Serbian's 22nd Grand Slam crown, leveling with Rafael Nadal at the top of the list of men's major champions. Djokovic's victory was the ultimate comeback after being deported from Australia a year ago, much to the delight of his supporters in Serbia who cheered as he took the title. Djokovic said he still has a lot of passion for the sport and has no plans to slow down.
1: And coming up, a married couple was faced with a choice regarding a risky pregnancy. Find out how their decision improved their lives after the break. Welcome back. Four years ago, a couple was confronted with a difficult decision to keep or terminate a risky pregnancy. In the end, the couple made a decision they thought could end their happiness. Instead, they were blessed with more. Let's take a look.
3: Four years ago, Jennifer Hogan-Jones was 11 weeks pregnant when she found out that her unborn baby had a 97% chance of having Down syndrome. She and her husband, Ryan, were devastated. They were both in their mid-40s and already had three teenage daughters. They did not expect the pregnancy, let alone the disability.
6: We just kind of felt like our world had just crumbled and our life was going to be over and this was going to be difficult and we weren't prepared and we just felt lost, completely lost.
3: When a specialist suggested an abortion, Jennifer rejected it immediately. But Ryan brought it up again after returning home.
6: And that was completely, just blew me away that he said that, but he was like, This baby is it going to suffer? Are we bringing a child into the world that's going to, you know, live a miserable life? Is that fair to him?
3: But Jennifer insisted on keeping the baby. I said, this
6: is the baby God's given us, and this is the baby we're going to have. And I said, get on board, or something's going to have to happen real quick. And he said, okay, okay.
3: On July 19, 2018, their baby boy Hudson was born. The couple instantly fell in love with him.
6: The second I saw him, I was just so in love. And my husband was the same way. He didn't want to put him down. He wanted to take him and show him off to everybody. He couldn't stop talking about him. We all felt that way, but it was just so beautiful to see him feeling that way.
3: Jennifer initially worried that the teenage daughters would resent Hudson.
6: He came along and those girls were just head over heels in love with him, little mamas. We actually called them mama one, two, and three because that's what they were. And he, he, he adores them.
3: Hudson's birth brought the entire family closer than ever before.
6: We thought we were doing just great before he got here. And then suddenly we see ourselves just connecting in a way that we hadn't before, feeling a love that we just hadn't even existed before.
3: Jennifer says she is grateful to God for blessing them with Hudson.
6: This kid brings us joy every day. He he has changed our life for the better and it's just amazing, it's so beautiful to actually be a part of this and I'm just so thankful that God chose us, that he gave us his special kid.
3: Jennifer hopes her story will inspire other families facing similar predicaments to choose life. For families who struggle financially, many programs offer financial and medical care assistance, and some families also want to adopt children with Down syndrome. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News.
1: Oh, he's such a precious little boy.
3: Oh, I know. He is. You
2: know, and her faith is really inspiring.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, on that note, we want to end it here. That's it for today. Write us at goodmorning at NTD.com as usual if you have anything to share with us. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee.
2: And I'm Kevin Hogan.